Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us today. I'm Taylor Combluzier, a mining analyst at Red Cloud Securities. Today's webinar features Greycliff Exploration Limited, which is a junior gold explorer focused on a Shakespeare Gold project near Sudbury. Today, I have with me on the webinar, Jamie McIntosh, who's the president and CEO at Greycliff. Today's webinar will be comprised of two parts. In the first part, uh, Jamie will provide an update on Greycliff and what you have to look forward to this year. In the second part, uh, we'll take your questions live, so please send them in uh, using the chat function and we'll get to as many as you can. Before jumping into the presentation, I'll just run through the disclosures. So for Greycliff, there may be some forward-looking statements made on this call. I would direct listeners to the cautionary note on page two of the Greycliff corporate presentation located on the company's website. For Red Cloud Securities Inc., I would highlight that this webinar is for information purposes only and should not be considered a solicitation to purchase or sell securities or a recommendation to buy or sell securities. And we note that this call does not take into account the particular situation or needs of individual investors. Participants should rely on their own investigations and seek their own professional advice before investment. Please see our most recent research located on our website for Greycliff-specific disclosures. So now I'll turn it over to Jamie to update you on Greycliff and what you have to look forward to. Great, thank you very much, Taylor. So Greycliff is a pretty straightforward story. Um, we launched, uh, we created the company in August of 2019. We launched it in August of 2020. We've done just over a year and a bit of a year and a half almost of exploration. Um, we list, we're listed on the CSE under the symbol G-R-A-Y and on the OTCQB under the symbol J-R-Y-C-F, as well as Frankfurt under DE0. But it's a very simple story and it's a great gold exploration story. So the investment highlights, really simple. There's really two parts to it. There's the Shakespeare project, which is a Brownfields uh, gold project. And we have the Baldwin project, which is a Brownfields project as well. But the only exploration there to date has been for uranium. It's 1500 hectares and it's adjacent to the, to the Shakespeare. On the Shakespeare, I'll tell you a lot more about that as we go, but it's a great high grade gold story in the shadow of an historic head frame from the turn of the century. We believe that during 2022, we'll be able to find gold at Baldwin and thereby we'll have the makings of a new Ontario gold camp in close proximity to the Trans-Canada Highway. The other thing that really I think sets us apart is we have an all-star technical team, one of the members of which has been credited with uh, more than one uh, major Ontario mining discovery in gold. We have a great tight capital structure and we're fully funded for all the exploration we have planned to do for 2022. And that's the Shakespeare. So what is it? We're 88 kilometers west of Sudbury. We're in an excellent part of the Canadian Shield with a greenstone belt. We're at a contact between the Archean Southern and Superior provinces. It's an area of intense deformation and a lot of metamorphosism. And it's ideal for finding gold and other base metals as well. Uh, but primarily we are looking for gold. We have excellent infrastructure. As I said, we're 80 kilometer, 88 kilometers west, but 80 of it is on the Trans-Canada Highway. We have power, water, and road access to site. The property consists of uh, crown patented lease, 
as well as 40 mineral claims covering 1,025 hectares in one contiguous block. When we originally took the company public in August of 2020, um, we had uh, a much smaller area and it was three uh, blocks that were sort of had some holes in it. We we're able to purchase those from uh, other investors and prospectors. So we now have uh, 1,025 in one contiguous block. So I mentioned before that Shakespeare was in operation for about four years. It was completely done by hand. They sank the shaft by hand about 300 feet and uh, they drifted out uh, a very small distance uh, along the veins, uh, basically following the quartz veins. And they mined about 3000 ounces of gold, very high grades. Um, we now have completed 7,000 meters of drilling in three phases. And uh, we've been able to extend the mineralized zone in all directions uh, and take it from surface. And so, and we've also got some really nice uh, intersections, which I'll talk about in a second. So when you look at this slide, and I'm gonna quickly draw on it for a second, you can see there's this mineralized trend that goes through right here. And it sort of comes down and it goes, I gotta see if I can get my mouse to work, there we go. And it goes down like this. That's not the best example, I'll clear it now. Um, and that is the area that we are most interested in. To date, all of the work has been in the area of recent drilling. And what we see regionally is these major Northeast trending faults, including a fairly significant fault that goes right through uh, the property and right through the middle of the property. And that's the Murray Fault. It's actually labeled as the Murray Fault. You can see it uh, in the inside this zone. That fault is a 250 kilometer long regional fault. What you also have is you get series of small splays off the fault. And you can see one of those right on the Shakespeare Baldwin Township border. And uh, Cross-cutting that is another series of faults, which are shown in red. And those um, are really interesting structures. So we have a whole series. We have folding, faulting, and where you've got a combination of the folding and the faulting, uh, you're seeing the higher grade mineralization showing up in those areas. To date, we found a series of quartz veins and stockworks of quartz veins, some containing sulfides, um, the gold is associated uh, with the sulfides in some cases, but it is also uh, native gold in quartz. Um, and that's where we're seeing some of the VG that we've talked about in our press releases. The quartz veins um, are, have been recognized uh, farther along. We've got, as you can see, the sampling we've done to the northeast. There's some pits we've dug. Um, there's even a, a nice copper showing uh, right up in the edge of the property. Let's see if I can put this on again, right here. There, let's see if I can draw that. No, it's not gonna draw, don't worry about it. Um, and uh, that is uh, over 3% copper in a grab sample at surface. So we believe there's a lot of potential for further mineralization along this six kilometer uh, mineralized trend. And uh, one of the things we've been trying to do is to get a better handle on the genesis of the gold so that we can then uh, step out properly and, and uh, find a bigger regional play. 
So when they put this thing into operation in 1903, it was because a gentleman named Miller had uh, done some sampling and had found a, a very high grade uh, gold sample at surface. And it was $5,000 per ton uh, at $20 an ounce, uh, which was the going price of gold in those days. Um, you basically had a 250 ounce per ton quartz vein. So they obviously uh, didn't waste any time. They got out their pickaxes and shovels and they started digging. And uh, they drove the, as I said, eventually they went down 300 feet and drifted out on, on the veins where they could. Basically following that, there was limited historical exploration of work that was done. In 2014, a new group got involved and they, they attempted a, to drill in a different direction. And, uh, and that's where we, we see that'll show up later. They drilled two holes that hit gold and uh, there's a very small green zone that was, uh, had no width to it, but they drilled two holes, one above the other and uh, they hit gold. They then stopped, they ran out of money and they stopped exploring it. We got involved and bought it in 2019 and uh, the rest is, uh, is, is, is work that we've done. One of the things we do plan to do in, uh, in the 2022 is to try to reopen the number uh, three at it as because the structure is on a uh, fairly significant uh, fault, which in from a landscaping point of view shows up as a massive uh, cliff. Uh, the shaft, uh, the head of the shaft is, is at about 250 feet above the road. Um, and the cliff is almost 200 feet. So the number three at it comes out well above the road. Um, if we could open that up, then we'll be able to uh, do some drilling from underground and perhaps even do some uh, larger sampling. We also carried out airborne geophysics. It was delayed somewhat for, because of weather, uh, but they've recently completed it and we're just waiting for the analysis of that. Um, and uh, we're also in the process right now of just starting uh, ground IP. So we'll have airborne and ground um, geophysics, and those results will help us target new holes as well. When you look at what we've done with the 7,000 meters we've drilled, we've had a lot of success. Um, we've not only increased the mineralized uh, trend and the mineralized zone uh, from the very thin uh, linear green stripe to a much broader, deeper, uh, and continuous uh, blue zone. Um, the width of this cross-section is almost 115 meters, so it's quite significant, as you can see from the surface plan uh, on the right side of this slide. And we've got continuous mineralization all the way down, including uh, in and around uh, the old workings, to the west and to the east of the old workings. Some of the highlights are here. I'm not going to read every single one, but you can see 4.6 meters of five and a half grams at a depth of 76 meters. You've got five meters of five, almost five and a half uh, grams per ton at a depth of 114. Uh, we got five and a half uh, meters of 8.6 grams at 68 meters. And then when you get down farther, what's interesting is in uh, hole nine and 21 and 22, um, we had some very, very significant uh, intersections at depth, 4.8 meters of 46 grams, uh, 2.7 meters of 46 grams in the same hole. 
We also had, uh, you know, 4.2 meters of 19 grams, uh, as well as a small intersection of 112 grams. So we're getting very good continuous mineralization all the way down through the structure. What we're hoping to do is once we put all this into our 3D model, we'll have a much better idea of where to step out so that when we, we can continue to follow this uh, structure as it moves along the mineralized trend. And there's absolutely no reason there aren't further, um, if this ends up being a smaller body, there's absolutely no reason there wouldn't be further uh, structures uh, similar along strike. So as I said, we've completed phase three drilling. It's now 7,000 meters, not 4,300. I'll have to fix that. The average hole lengths have been about 150 meters, as well as a couple where we stepped out and went underneath that were as long as, as 300. We're inputting all of the information we had, including the historic mine workings, field sampling, structural modeling that we did, all three phases of drilling, uh, and we'll in, input the uh, geophysical data as well. And we'll have a very good active 3D model that will help us uh, better target future drilling. We're also gonna to continue to do some prospecting and field sampling along trend. Um, and we hope that by the end of this year, we'll be able to do a maiden a 43-101 resource estimate on the, on the project. At Baldwin, it's quite interesting with 1500 hectares, it's actually a bigger property than, than the Shakespeare. Um, but you can see it actually abuts the uh, Shakespeare property about the middle of the property. And we picked it up for a number of reasons. It's 68 mining claims, but it doubles our exposure in the area. It, the Murray Fault cuts right through it as well, as well as a, another regional fault that is to the south, just north of the Trans-Canada Highway. And you still have these splays off the off the major faults, uh, which we found to be extremely uh, good for, for, for mineralization. But one of the main reasons we picked this project up was that the historical assessment reports when they were exploring for uranium after the Second World War, the geology is very similar to what we're seeing in our drill core. And a lot of sericitized quartz, um, a lot of blue quartz. You've got um, what looks like sulfides as well in, in, the, in their descriptions, but they were looking for uranium, so they didn't do any assaying for that at all. And sadly, the drill core that they did drill, uh, we cannot find anywhere. There doesn't seem to be any evidence of it, so they might have disposed of it themselves. We are going to do surface sampling. Uh, the airborne geophysics that we completed uh, just the other day uh, covered both Shakespeare and Baldwin. Um, and as I said, we'll be looking for similarities between where we know there's mineralization at Shakespeare and where we believe there might be mineralization at Baldwin. So I'm really excited to get a drill on Baldwin uh, in later on this year, probably in the summer. It's a little farther off the road than Shakespeare. Uh, but it won't be an issue for us to get in there. We believe that we will find gold at Baldwin and together with Shakespeare, we think this could be the beginning of a new Ontario gold camp. When, you know, somebody asked us, well, what do you have? Are there any projects right near you right now or any other plays right near you? There's an awful lot of activity in this Sudbury area. Um, we're a little bit outside of the basin. 
the only active player right near us is uh, is a the Shakespeare nickel mine, which is to the northeast along that yellow mineralized trend. Matter of fact, the the owners of that mine recently staked all the ground right up to the edge of uh, of the Shakespeare. They also have some ground uh, along strike with Baldwin and they're looking for nickel there. So uh, lots of potential, lots of mineralization in this area. So the company itself is pretty straightforward. I've been involved in this business for 35 years. I'm a geologist, uh, graduated from Queens a long, long time ago. Went into, uh, my, I was, became a mining analyst for a couple of firms. Uh, went on to do corporate finance. And I've been managing public and private companies uh, for basically the last 25, 26 years. Um, I was involved with Carlisle when we did the deal to Alamos as the lead director. And uh, I'm still very active in all parts of the business and, and, and uh, really enjoy it. We've been involved in the past with putting mines into production um, in Central America and South America. And so I'm really excited. I think uh, Great Cliff is an excellent opportunity. My CFO I've been dealing with for about 20 years. He was our auditor for one of our early mining companies uh, back in the uh, 90s. And the chairman is actively involved in mining in Australia and uh, is an excellent resource for us. The real standout on the management and the board is our technical advisory uh, board or our group of technical advisors and Bruce Durham and Don McKinnon Jr. Bruce Durham, of course, is uh, one of the co-discoverers of two of the three Hemlo mines. Uh, for those of you that aren't up to speed on Hemlo, it's generated 26 million ounces out of those three mines since it was uh, discovered a very long time ago, back in the 80s. Uh, Bruce also discovered the Redstone Nickel Mine in Timmins and the Bell Creek Gold Mine in Timmins. Bruce is actively involved in, uh, in, in Greycliffe, but he's also an excellent resource with a breadth of knowledge that is quite impressive when it comes to gold deposits and, uh, and nickel deposits. Don McKinnon Jr. is the son of Don McKinnon Sr., who was the co-discoverer of the David Bell and Golden Giant Mines. And he's been involved in every aspect of prospecting, mining, uh, field sampling, uh, property acquisition, right through to seeing projects into the development and mining stages. Um, I believe he started working as a prospector when he was about 11. So he's been involved in every aspect for a long time. And that gives us uh, great comfort. Uh, Don has been able to uh, get us very good drillers, uh, line cutters, geophysicists, uh, ground geophysicists, um, as well as um, number of the people that we work with are actually shareholders of Greycliffe. We believe that every one of us should be aligned with you, the shareholder, um, so that we're providing the proper amount of value and that we have our skin in the game, as I said. The capital structure is pretty straightforward. We've already mentioned where we trade. We have 30 million shares, uh, about 4.4 million warrants, uh, which will, which the final ones expire in April of 2023. About 30% of the stock is held by management and some strategic uh, investors. We have very loyal investors, which is excellent. And uh, I think the other thing that's important here is, you know, someone, a lot of people ask, well, are you properly funded? Do you have enough money? Yes. 
we are well funded. We have the money we need to go into uh, into the next stage. And we believe that uh, we have the potential with this uh, company of making 2022 a spectacular year. Um, so I guess with that, I will turn it back if there are any questions, Taylor. Perfect. Thanks a lot, Jamie. That was a great presentation. Uh, so now we'll turn to the Q&A portion of the webinar. And just a reminder to everybody on the line uh, that you can type your questions into the chat box at any time. Um, so we've had a couple uh, questions coming in. Um, first up, I guess, um, you know, speaking of the um, of drilling this year at Shakespeare, um, when do you expect phase four to start? And um, have you announced uh, the meterage on, on that uh, phase yet? No, we haven't. And phase four will be somewhat dependent. It will start soon. Um, we just announced, I think, today uh, that we finished phase three. Mm -hmm. um, the biggest issue is is assaying. It's very much delayed all across, across Canada, really around the world. Um, it can be as much as two months or three months sometimes to get assays, especially as we're doing um, whole rock analysis. So we're looking at uh, for... Um, uh, the base metals as well as the indicator minerals, um, which will give us a better idea of the alteration zones and the alteration that's occurring. Um, and you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself. You want to see, make sure you have some assays so that you're not shooting blind holes and wasting shareholders' money. So it will be a little bit slower uh, to get going in, in 2022, but I believe we'll probably do close to another it may be another 5,000 meters in phase four, but it's, it's, it's speculation at the moment. It'll depend on how it goes. Um, we also wanna make sure that we have the geophysical um, analysis done so that we're targeting those holes uh, appropriately. Right, and um, for the, the, the 21 holes that are still um, out for, um, for assay, have those, uh, were, were, have those been delivered a while ago or should those be kind of filtering in I, I think we'll have a pretty good stream of information over the next uh, sort of two months um, as those holes come in. And uh, at the same time, we'll be getting in that analysis that we've uh, been looking for on the geophysics, both ground and airborne. Okay, and um, for that- We will have a period, Taylor, though, where we can't go on the property because during breakup, the mud is about a foot and a half thick. So we have to, when, when the when it does finally break up, then we have to wait until it dries up again to go back in. Right. Okay. And um, you know, in the in the release that you put out this morning, um, you know, alluding to that that phase four uh, program, you know, it's expected to, to focus both on the, the Miller Shaft zone as well as some exploratory holes in the other uh, areas of the property. Um, will those be uh, focusing on on um, on gold targets, or is there any? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we'll absolutely be focusing on gold. Um, one of the interesting things, and in all of our assay reports, we don't talk about the base metals, but we have some fairly significant copper, lead, zinc numbers. Um, we also have the odd cobalt number and a little bit of silver. And, and really, it's we haven't announced it because to us, it's not what's key. We're looking for gold. But it would mean that, you know, when we go into production, and we will go into production at some point, um, it will give us huge base metal credits, which means the cost of refining the gold is is a lot uh, is a lot lower. So it's uh, it there is fairly significant base metal uh, in some of these. 
Okay, so is is that um, relatively continuous, or I, I there does that... seem to be, um, as I said, the gold shows up in both with the sulfides and without the sulfides, and the ones that where it's just in a quartz vein on its own, you don't get much sulfide, so you don't get much of the the, the base metals. Um, but in the pieces where it's mixed in with the base metals, absolutely, we're getting some really quite nice numbers, like in as high as one percent copper. Uh, in some of the assays. So uh, pretty impressive stuff. Okay, perfect. Um, another question we have here, um, I'll read it out. It's a, a little longer with me here. Um, uh, you indicated in the past uh, they were looking for uranium. Uh, this suggests that there may be some uranium in the area. Uh, Norway recently passed their Greenland legislation uh, I don't know if that's Denmark, uh, legislation restricting mining if significant uranium is found. Uh, are you concerned about similar legislation in Canada, um, unless you're specifically mining for uranium? Um, okay, no, I understand the question. No, not at all. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's actually a bit of a, I believe we're going to have a uranium boom this year. Um, so I, I don't think that's going to be an issue at all. Um, I think there's the demand for uranium is quite high right now, and and the issues in Kazakhstan have made it even more prominent. Um, Red Cloud actually has one of the best uranium teams in in Canada, and uh, I certainly have chatted with them a little bit on on another issue because I'm I'm always interested in what's what's going on and what's up, and uh, and I think uranium's fine. The the they did not find any on Baldwin, which is why they abandoned the project. Um, so once again, it's it's not really an issue for us. Great. Okay. Um, jumping back to um, uh, just, I guess uh, you mentioned Baldwin. Um, with this year, you, you've uh, you outlined the the preliminary surface sampling, airborne geophysics that was recently completed. Uh, looking to get to drilling later this year. Um, is there any other additional kind of exploration work that you need to do? Um, yes, we'll, we'll definitely be doing field sampling. Um, we need to, we'll probably get a drone in and find out where the outcrops in and then just send the boys out and sample the outcrops that are, that are visible easily and uh, start to get a better picture of how the geology matches Shakespeare and what's different and, and uh, where the right, you know, we'll, it'll help us target the right spot, especially once we have the geophysics. Uh, we'll then be able to go, okay, well, this is a geophysical target. Let's get some outcrop sampling done and see what we find before we go in and drill. Okay. Um, and, you know, speaking of kind of the, the district potential um, that, that you alluded to, is, are you looking at all to, to pick up additional ground around your, your current property packages? And we're that? always, um, geologists are eternal optimists. So we're always looking for that other piece of ground that might just be a little bit better or might be different or add something to the piece. Um, you know, when you looked at our original map, there's a little tiny square um, that uh, it has, has a shaft on it um, adjacent to the Shakespeare uh, property, right in the middle of it, really. And he claims it's a huge copper deposit, which is why he won't sell it to us. Um, but I think at some point he'll eventually come around and it would be nice to have, make that whole block continuous. So there's definitely, we're always looking, um, you never stop looking for, for, uh, for good properties. Okay, perfect. Um, so I guess, um, we don't have too many questions left here. So maybe just, um, 
putting it all together, I guess, maybe outline kind of the what this year looks yeah. like. So so we have a we have a an excellent project in Shakespeare uh, that's gonna have a lot of news in in twenty twenty two. we're increasing the uh, zone of mineralization dramatically and we can we hope to continue to do that during twenty twenty two. at Baldwin we have a, a, a much a uh, greener site. It has not had a lot of work done on it. So the world, um, you know, the, the, it's our, it's ours to, to find, and we hope to find a lot of gold at Baldwin as well. Um, we have a great team that we work with, um, that are doing excellent work and, um, and we have a tight structure and, you know, we're fully funded. So it's a really good story. I personally believe we're fundamentally undervalued. Um, but you know, uh, I'm a big shareholder, and so are all the rest of the people around the table. Uh, we wouldn't be doing this. We're not doing this for salary. We're doing it to find uh, the next big discovery. So we think Greycliff is a great buy. Perfect. Uh, so with that, I think we'll, we'll leave it there. So thank you very much, uh, Jamie, for presenting Greycliff to us today uh, and hosting the webinar with Red Cloud Securities. And thank you to everybody on the line uh, for tuning in this afternoon. Thank you very much, Taylor.